Welcome to Disputes Digest. Today is October 18th, 2021. I'm Chris Campbell. Don't forget to follow Tales of the Tribunal on LinkedIn to stay up to date with news from around the world of international dispute resolution and the ADR field. Before we get into it this week, we have several special announcements that you will want to make sure you mark on your calendar. Y'all already know what time it is. It is officially mooting season. You know what that means. Pre-moots, both related to the VIS and other moots around the globe are getting scheduled and now is the time to register to mark these dates on your calendar. We're gonna talk to you today about two different moots. The first moot that you'll want to add to your schedule is the seventh annual NLIU Justice R.K. Tonka Memorial International Arbitration Moot, which will be held from March 10th to March 30th, 2022. The moot is focused on international arbitration and will provide students another opportunity to test and sharpen their advocacy skills. Registration is now open and will close on October 20th, 2021. So you want to act now. Then we've got two moot related events coming up, this time relating to the VIS moot. The first one is from the Asian International Arbitration Center, which has its rules at the center of this year's VIS moot problem and is hosting a pre-moot and series of events leading up to it that will be of interest to VIS moot students, coaches, and other members of the international arbitration community. The pre-moot is scheduled for March 18th to March 20th of 2022, but team registration is open from now until January 31st of 2022. But that time will skip by quickly, so make sure to register now if you want to get in on the action. Finally, in a more cryptic announcement, now that the VisMoot problem has been out for two whole weeks, Tales of the Tribunal wants to see how it can help give some additional perspective on the problem. We're working on a little event, perhaps with some friends of the show, that might be ideal for giving insights to the context around this year's problem. So stay tuned and we'll have more for you on this soon. Finally, before we get into the substance for this week, if you haven't already, take a moment to share the show with a friend or colleague and follow us on LinkedIn. And if you have any feedback for the show, drop us a line at talesofthetribunal at gmail.com. And you already know the drill. Don't forget to leave us a review on your podcasting platform of choice. It really helps other people find the show. Okay, let's just jump into the news for this week. And this week, we start with notifications related to the Singapore Convention on Mediation. First up, Turkey becomes the eighth state party to ratify the convention at the United Nations headquarters in New York City. Ratification was effected on October 11, 2021, and the convention will enter into force in the country on April 11, 2022. Then there's Australia who joins the convention, making it the 55th signatory of the instrument. With more signatories and parties ratifying the convention, these may be signs that the international community is trending towards wider acceptance of the pro-mediation convention. From there, we've got an update on a story we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Here are some recent developments related to the DIAC and the abolished arbitration centers in Dubai. Recall that as of October 7, 2021, the Dubai International Arbitration Center issued further clarifications on how Decree 34 of 2021 will impact parties. Here are several points of note. To ensure the continuity of proceedings referred to the DIFC LCIA Arbitration Center, the LCIA will directly administer all pending arbitrations, mediations, and other ADR proceedings referred to DIFC LCIA. Second, the DIFC LCIA Registrar and Secretariat will administer all ongoing proceedings on behalf of the LCIA on a second-man basis until such proceedings are concluded. 
Third, there will be no intervention or change to the services provided to the parties and the arbitrators in the proceedings referred to the DIFC-LCIA. Fourth, from the date of the enactment of the decree, parties ought to refrain from engaging in arbitration agreements that provide for the resolution of disputes in accordance with the DIFC-LCIA rules. And finally, all arbitrations and ADR proceedings arising from the agreements referencing the DIFC-LCIA and referred for resolution after the date of the enactment will be administered by the DIAC in accordance with the DIAC rules unless the parties involved agree otherwise. The decree also gave the DIFC a vital role. It will be the default seat in circumstances where parties fail to agree on a seat or legal place of arbitration. We'll provide a link to a full story in the show notes, which will give you some more insight on this developing story. Then we go off to Thailand, which is planning to sign additional mini free trade agreements with cities and provinces across mainland China, India, and South Korea. Earlier this year, Thailand signed a similar agreement with Kofu City in Japan, and more recently with the province of Hainan, China. Thailand is also in negotiations with Gansu, China, and Telangana, India, looking for Thai halal products and construction equipment, rubber tree wood, Thai fruit, Thai food, and pet food for the Thailand market. These agreements signal a rise in commercial activity and will likely see a rise in disputes being referred to China-based disputes. Then we have one more news story. This one is again out of Australia, where an Australian court appears to have disregarded the primacy of an arbitral award rendered by an arbitral tribunal in Qatar. Now, of course, there's more to this story. The Federal Court of Australia, which is an appellate court's judgment in Hub Street Equipment versus Energy City Qatar holding, declined to enforce a Qatari seated arbitration award on the grounds that the tribunal was not constituted in, quote, strict accordance with the party's arbitration agreement. Now, some quick background about the case. Energy City Qatar and Hub Street Equipment entered into an agreement which stipulated that any dispute not resolved amicably within 28 days would be referred to an arbitration in accordance with the arbitration rules of Qatar. Said arbitration would then be resolved before a three-membered arbitration tribunal, with each party appointing one arbitrator and those arbitrators appointing a chair. However, Hub Street Equipment alleged that it was not given adequate notice about the commencement of the arbitration, and as a result, did not have an opportunity to appoint an arbitrator within 45 days of the commencement of the arbitration. Instead, the Qatari Plenary Court of first instance appointed all three arbitrators, each of which was of Arabic descent. Hub Equipment resisted enforcement on the principle based on the composition of the tribunal, which it alleged did not comport with the agreement. Although the Court of First Instance in Australia ruled to enforce the award, rejecting Hub's position, on appeal, the full court concluded that the Qatari court's power to appoint the tribunal had not been validly invoked, as it did not have the jurisdictional basis to appoint the tribunal. In summary, the court ruled that the fundamental to the structural integrity of the arbitration had been compromised and therefore refused to enforce the tribunal's award. Coming out of this case are at least several takeaways. First, the Australian courts underscored the primacy of the party's arbitration agreement. Second, the appointment process of the arbitrator is a fundamental element of due process that cannot be circumvented. Third, Australian courts will not blindly and uncritically enforce a foreign arbitration award. And finally, the ruling suggests that comity does not and may not 
have the preclusive effect upon Australian courts despite its pro-enforcement reputation. This is an interesting story and certainly one checking out and we'll include a full link in the show notes. Now let's take a look at opportunities where there are some interesting postings this week. First up, friend of the show, Juice Mundi, is seeking a general counsel to join its Paris-based offices. The ideal candidate should have six years of experience, and this one requires a cover letter and CV. We'll include a full listing in the show notes. Then, there is an India-based online ADR competition and training session that provides a unique opportunity. The hosting organization is Lex Infinum which is hosting its 2020 event to be held from February 23rd to February 27th. And it is a competition where law school teams from around the globe will have the opportunity to compete in mediation and negotiation-based role play sessions and exercises. And the winners are eligible for cash prizes and internship opportunities, and can even earn certifications if they complete a skills-based course. We'll include a link to register in the show notes. From there, the Journal of Transnational Dispute Management is seeking drafters or editors for summaries of investment arbitration awards. As a bit of background, the IACL produces summaries of recently released arbitral awards, in particular awards rendered by investment arbitral tribunals. These summaries are then distributed free of charge among the public at large in order to contribute to transparency and knowledge and understanding of international arbitration and allowing for quick reading of complex arbitral and international law decisions. We'll include a link to this site and the previous editions in the show notes. Then, and finally for opportunities this week, there's the Multilateral Investment Guarantees Agencies, MIGA, which is a part of the World Bank Group, has two vacancies in their legal affairs and claims group. The key credentials include a law degree and about five years of relevant experience. We'll post the link in the show notes. And finally, let's talk events. First up in events this week, we've got BBI Arbitration Week 2021. This year's event will be an online event and the theme is titled A Little Big World. It will take place from November 1st to November 5th. Some of the topics addressed in this conference will be arbitration and BBI, tribunal secretary training, green initiatives in arbitration, an update on BBI's arbitration center rules, and an in-house perspective on international arbitration. It sounds like a great event and we'll include a link to register on the show notes. Then we've got a couple of events out of the ICC, both on October 26th. The first comes from the Young Arbitrators Forum and is titled Winning Strategies for Asian Parties and In-House Counsel. This event will offer practical tips and perspectives that parties resolving disputes in Asia should be aware of. The latter event is titled Party Engagement and Witness Testimony. The event is a half-day event designed to discuss the frontiers of international arbitration and the latest developments in ICC dispute resolution services in Asia, and it is part of Hong Kong Arbitration Week. We'll include links to both in the show notes. Then, in the middle of the week on October 20th, comes an event titled Demystifying Quantum and Expert Evidence. The impact of the COVID-19 pandemic has been a huge adjustment for a number of industries. The organizers ask potential attendees, what do you do as an arbitrator when presented with quantum assessments or expert evidence that are significantly divergent? How do you cut through the complexity and focus on the issues that really matter? The event registration is available on the Arbitral Women website and we'll include a link in the show notes. All right, that's it for Disputes Digest. Don't forget to follow Tales of the Tribunal on LinkedIn and drop us a line at talesofthetribunal at gmail.com if you have comments or feedback. 
here's where I would normally say until next week, but obviously this is the start of the week, so this is a show that should have aired last week, but we didn't have, and this is the last announcement that I wanted to make before we end today, is the reason we didn't have a show last week is because I want to give a very happy birthday to one of the editors of the show, Maurice Campbell, on a great birthday. You deserve it. Another trip around the sun, and we appreciate that we came out a couple of days later than usual, but we're glad to get it in, and we'll be back to you in your feed on Friday. Thanks for tuning in. None of the views shared today or in any episode of Disputes Digest is presented as legal advice nor advice of any kind. No compensation was provided to any organization or party for their inclusion on the show, nor do any of the statements made represent any particular organization, legal position, or viewpoint. All interviewees or organizations included appear on an arm's length basis and their appearance should not be construed as any bias or preferred affiliation with the host or host's employer. All rights reserved.